Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh here again with a daily plan. Today's daily play is for the fellas and for those who know. Uh, you know, Mondays is for the men, where I have an angle of my podcast called Barely Mentioned, where I talk about the things barely mentioned about men. So, fellas, come on in. Ladies who uh, want to know more about this about men, feel free to join the conversation as well. But for those who are coming in, make sure you go ahead and pause this video and go to my website, imunplugged.com forward slash worksheets, and there you'll be able to download today's worksheet where you'll be able to process whether or not you are a wise man. But for everyone that's coming in, uh, whether you're a subscriber or not, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, hit the bell. And for those who are subscribers, make sure you like, comment, and share. I would love to hear what you got from this video. And for those who are new, I would love to have you a part of my community here online. But let's get right into my main thought. Again, we're talking about signs that you are a wise man. And my main thought for this video is this. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of God is is the beginning of wisdom. My three talking points for today's video is this. What does it mean to be a wise man? Traits of a wise man and how to continuously grow in wisdom. My two scriptures that I'm going to hang this discussion on is going to be Proverbs 3, 7 through 8, which says, Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones, as well as Proverbs 9, 10, which says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. But let's get right into my problem. The problem is this. Many men are not willing to bring their gifts to honor and worship Jesus. They are only wise in their own eyes. There's a lot of men right now that think they're wise and their wisdom is only anchored in what they perceive of themselves. But it's very important that the beginning of wisdom begins or starts at the fear of God. The fear of God means reverence. The more I reverence God will determine what I release out of my life. Your level of reverence will determine your restrictions. And unfortunately, many men are wise in their own eyes and in their in, in that frame of mind, they are harboring their gifts, hoarding the results from it and giving it not towards not to God for God to be glorified but for them to establish their own name the fear of God fell is the beginning of all wisdom what areas in your life do you lack reverence in God chances are my brother that's the area that you lack wisdom that's why it's very important that you don't become problematic like a lot of men who utilize their gifts to only honor themselves or to use it for their own desires and not bringing them before Jesus as well as being wise in their own eyes. See, wisdom is not based upon how I perceive myself of myself. It's wisdom. My wisdom is based upon how God views me and if I and am I walking in that way. But let's get right to what does it mean to be a wise man. Number one, the first point, a wise man is a man that fears God above all else and has credible experience and deep understanding. A wise man is a man that fears God above anyone else and has credible experience and deep understanding. He is a man who counts the cost and carefully makes decisions through acknowledging God. Very dense, very layered um, um, definition there, but let's break it down. It says a wise man is a man that fears God above all else. Number one. A wise man first is a man that says, I honor God above else. I fear God more than I fear man. I feel God more than I fear a woman. I fear God more than I fear anything because he is the one that is the sole source of my provision and the sole source of my protection. That's why you have to ask yourself, am I truly a wise man? Do I truly reverence God above anyone else? And the second layer to that first sentence is, and has credible experience 
and deep understanding. A wise man, number one, fears God. And number two, he has credentials. He's credible. You can see a track record in his life of following God. You see the resounding evidence of him walking in wisdom. And it says that individual has deep understanding that since his mind has been renewed by the spirit of God, he is able to perceive everything in accordance to how God perceives his eyes are as, are as if they were the eyes of Christ when he walked many years ago, that his heart is, is empathetic, that his heart is, 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 is guarded, that he knows how to navigate and knows how to systematically prioritize his life based upon the levels of importance. This wise man is a man who gets his, his everything from his reverence towards God. And the fear of God doesn't mean to you are afraid of God. It means that you respect him, that you honor him. It's crazy how men will try to be honorable in public, but dishonorable in private or go around the corners and cut corners and do things as if God's eye is not everywhere. God sees everything. God knows everything. And a man who knows that God knows everything acts accordingly. A wise man is a man that fears God above all else and has credible experience. A wise man, a, a wise man not a, is not a man that uh, resorts only to zeal. A wise man's zeal is backed by resounding wisdom. There's a lot of men who think they're wise in their own eyes, but have no credible experience that births deep understanding. Both of these rooted in a fear and reverence in God. It says he is a person who counts the cost and carefully makes decisions through acknowledging God. A wise man takes the time to count everything to see does he have enough to go forward, to, to assure that he has God's backing. A wise man is a man that says, I'm going to acknowledge God in all of my ways. I'm going to examine my heart often to see his trust level towards God and to make sure that when I make any major decision, mid to major decision, I'm going to acknowledge God knowing that he knows what's best and my wisdom or my perception of life is only limited based upon my experience, based upon my background, based upon my level of understanding. But thank God, through Christ, we have access through his spirit to the spirit that searches even the deep things of God that gives us clearance and understanding on how we should move as men. Let's keep going. Second point, the fear of God is the beginning, I underlined it and abolding it. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, not the middle, not the end, but the fear of God. Your level of reverence in every area of your life will determine what level of wisdom you as a man walk in. That's why you really must take the time to examine what areas do I acknowledge God and don't acknowledge God? What areas do I respect him and honor him? Do, do I truly honor him? Do I do I treat him like a big mama um, type of God where he's this God that's not going to hold me accountable? that he's not going to prune and chasten those whom he loves? Or do I respect that he uh, has a purpose and that through that respect, because of his goodness and his love, it, it, it helps me to live a more honorable life because I know what it means to honor and how to be honorable. It says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. So in order for me to walk in wisdom in my marriage or for you to walk in wisdom in your marriage or your singleness or in your business or your career or in your personal life or in your family life, no matter what it is, your level of wisdom is predicated on your level of reverence for God in that area. That's why God just can't be number one. In order for God to truly be number one in your life, he must be allowed in, in the center of everything in your life. If he's not willing, if you're not willing to put him at the center of everything in life, he's truly not number one in your life. Do you as a man welcome God into every area of life? 
allowing the light to shine to expose the deeds inside of us that will hinder us from being the effective and efficient men that we need to be. Now, let's keep going. We have some points here, smart versus wise. We're going to talk about wise in your own eyes versus wise in God's eyes. A smart person uh, or smart is the fruit of learning, while wisdom is the fruit of earning or experiencing. Any man can be a smart man, um, uh, uh, but there's one book that'll make sure that you're a wise man, especially if you apply what it says. A lot of men, there's a lot of great men, a lot of men out there who are smart. That's what I meant to say. There's a lot of men out there who are very smart, very intelligent, but not wise. Smart, able to manage business, but can't manage their family. Their, their smartness is based upon these earthly level, but wisdom is based upon an eternal understanding. That if I know that I'm held accountable by God, that I will be judged what I've done in this body, that I will be held accountable for, for how I navigated, then I will live this earthly life a little bit more wisely. If I know the truth of eternity, I will be able to walk in truth in this earth realm. But see, a lot of people are endeavoring to be smart, but not wise. But wisdom comes from earning, earning from experiences, earning from engaging with God, investing time with him so that you can earn it, so that you can um, um, gleam and, and, and ultimately bear the image and likeness of, a, of God, where you're able to walk in wisdom in every area. Next point, why men must be wise. I spelled the word must, M-U-S-T. Why men must be wise. Why you as a man must be wise. They must be wise so they can, number one, minister properly. The reason why you must be wise as a man, because you're going to be held responsible in how you minister. Ministry is not the five, it's not just the five-fold ministry. Ministry is also a household ministry. You see what I'm saying? And you have to ask yourself, am I really walking as a single man or a married man? Am I walking in a level of reverence that ensures that as I minister, as I minister to God, as I minister to myself, as I minister to my family, and as I minister to others, if it's in the form of ministry, I know that I need wisdom because I, as a pillar in the community, as a man, is held responsible or is equipped by God or commanded by God to lead. So there's four areas of ministry that you have to understand that you're going to have to be part of no matter what. So you got to examine your level of ministry towards God. Are you ministering to him first? He needs to be the one that gets your first ministry. And what I mean by ministering to God is, is, is being held accountable, is going to him, acknowledging him, serving him, um, seeking him, understanding his will, and, and developing his likeness in character. Because when you minister to God, you're able to minister to yourself. Because if you're not able to minister to yourself properly, you will be of no good to ministering to those in your family. Ministry to yourself means that I'm taking care of my body. I'm taking care of my mind. I'm focused, I'm disciplined, I'm proactive, I'm productive, I minister to myself, I, my yes and my no are valid and valuable. And then from that, I will now be able to have the premium kind of energy to be able to then minister to my family. See, fellas, your first ministry outside between you and God is not the people, it's your household. Many people get the get so caught up in the fivefold that they forget about their household. Before you take care of the fivefold, you got to make sure you take care of that one fold, that household. And if you're not setting yourself up with that frame of mind, that family comes first before I serve the rest, then you're going to be end up uh, um, setting yourself up to have a dysfunctional family 
And you're going to set yourself up for even more problems. How well do you minister to God? How well do you minister to yourself? How well do you minister to your family? And how well do you minister to those that you are called to minister? But why men must be wise? They must be wise so that they can M, minister properly, effectively and efficiently. Why men must be wise? You, so they can stay useful to God. I always say this. God loves us all equally, but he doesn't trust us all equally. If he did, he'll be giving everybody anything that they want. So what I'm saying is you got to ask yourself, uh, am I walking in a level of wisdom, a level of reverence in God that's setting me up to be always useful to God? That when God needs something done in my area, he can trust me. You see what I'm saying? He can he can count on me. Um, not that you have to be perfect, but you have the right state of mind where you honor, because your level of honor towards him will determine how you honor everything else. You as a man, the level of your honor towards God will determine how you honor women, will determine how you honor children, will determine how you honor your workplace, how you honor those that you submit, submitted to. If you don't honor God, you're going to be dishonorable in a lot of areas that you don't see value in. And that's what happens to a lot of men. They see more value in their work than they do in their family. But when you honor God, everything else will fall into their right and rightfully honorable places because that man has the right mindset. And therefore, he wants to stay in such a rhythm and such a flow of God that he continuously, he becomes continuously useful to God that when God looks to and fro looking for a man who he can trust, who walks in wisdom, who is paced and patient and poised and has the right perspective, he can be like, I can count on my brother right there. I can count on my son right there. I can count on him. Can God count on you? Oh, God loves you. We won't be able to fully comprehend his love, but can he trust you? Are you trustworthy? Why men must be wise, number one, M, so they can minister properly. Number two, why men must be wise so they can stay useful to God. And number three, S, why men must stay wise? They must be wise so they can steward surplus. Steward surplus. You got to be wise to steward generational wealth. You can't just get this money for you. You got to think generationally. You got to think about your children's children's children. Because I don't care what your father, father's father did, you can change the narrative of your lineage. And what you can do now, say, as far as me and my house continual, we're going to serve the Lord because I'm going to hold myself responsible to make sure that I steward finances, steward surplus. Surplus can be time. A wise man knows how to steward the surplus of his time. He knows how to steward the surplus of his money. He knows how to steward the surplus of his influence. You see what I'm saying? So no matter what the sur surplus is, when 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 um the higher you go in manhood, the more attractive you become. And you got to know how to steward surplus so that generational wealth can increase it through your lineage, not just an inheritance in finance, but an inheritance of fearing God that your sons and sons, sons and sons, sons and daughters, daughters will know this is how we live for God, despite the cultural climate. Why men must be wise, T? Number four, to avoid temptations. There's a lot of men who are smart but not wise, caught in traps because they don't know how to discern and perceive. Book smarts can't get you but so far. You got to be able to uh, 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 anchor yourself in the spirit of God where you're able to say, I trust whatever you say. If you say that ain't the way, I ain't going that way. If you say that ain't bay, I ain't going that way. You see what I'm saying? I'm going to stay focused. You got to steward, you got to make sure that you're able to avoid temptation. A wise man avoids temptations because he knows how to count the costs. What I do to avoid temptations is I always think three moves ahead. 
I think because sometimes the consequence not in the first move, the consequence don't manifest into the third move. And what men have to understand is you got to deal with the root issues of why you're easily triggered or tempted in certain directions for temptations are tailored to you to draw you away from your by with by your own lust and entice you. So you got to look at your and says, what does my heart desire more than God? Chances are whatever area that you desire more than God will be the very, the, the first area used to drift you from God and to cause you to downgrade in manhood. So you got to say, I got to think three moves ahead. I must feel the consequence of the sin before I commit it. What I do, I take myself there and I feel the potential consequence of that decision. And when I feel that and begin to count the loss that I will occur if caught or if whatever, I avoid it. Because I rather suffer the pains of walking away from a temptation than suffering the premature or temporary joys of it, but having to suffer years, if not forever, the, the consequences of walking that way. So why men must be wise so they can minister property M, U to stay useful to God, S to steward surplus, and T avoid temptation. Let's keep going now. 11 traits of a wise man. I'm going to go through these quickly, but here are 11 traits that I was able to come, uh, come, come, um, aware, become aware of, or to uh, discover 11 traits of a wise man that we all men must always stay on guard about to make sure that we continue to continuously walk in wisdom because of the love of God that inspires us to become more like him. Traits of a wise man, number one, he fears God. Or in other words, he fellowships with God. A wise man fellowships with God. He knows he is nothing. And therefore, in order to find his somethingness, he must go to the one that created him. He must fellowship with him. A wise man continuously fellowships with God because then you will learn what honor is. Then you will learn what integrity is. Then you will learn what character is and you will become more like him. One of the traits of a wise man, he fears God and fellowships with him. Do you do that? When was the last time that you genuinely fellowship with God outside of just a disciplinary type disciplined mindset, but actually a joy of fellowshipping with God? A wise man fears God because he respects and honors the position of God. Our level of reverence is determined by how our, our perception of position. I bet you if someone of high position was to come to you right now, you would change the way you act. It's crazy how many of us men, if a person that we respect, a, a, a president, a CEO, whoever walks in, we tighten up we button up, but we sin before God whose eyes are open. I think it's because we have been taught that God is more like a big mama than he is a balanced father. And so what happens is we think God is just going to override our sins as if he's not going to hold us accountable. So we got to make sure that we fellowship with God so we can understand what fear of God means. So we can understand what being faithful to God means and bearing fruit for generations to eat from. Number two, traits of a wise man. He thinks before he speaks. He practiced thinking before speaking. A wise man always thinks before he speaks because he knows the value of his words. As, you, as a man, there's going to be a lot of people who value your uh, perspective and your choice of words. A wise man always considers the listener. He thinks before he speaks. He chews it before he spews it. And I don't, I don't like the word spew, but you see what I'm saying. I had to get a word that kind of goes with it. But a, a wise man thinks before he speaks. He's not an impulsive man. He just don't rattle off the lip because he knows the value of his words. A wise, the tra another trait of a wise man, number three, he is patient, loving, and kind. In other words, he practices patience and kindness. A wise man is a kind, gentle, patient, but, but, but balanced man. And what I mean by that is he's loving, he's patient, he's kind, but he don't take BS though. 
You know what I'm saying? He'll correct you. He'll rebuke. You know what I'm saying? A wise man, when he, he's a man of truth. You see what I'm saying? So don't get it twisted that a patient, loving, kind person, a patient person still respects their time. A loving person still respects their love. A kind man still respects his kindness. So he's not loose with his love, loose with his patience, loose with his kindness. He respects it. In the moment that someone disrespects his patience, love, and kindness, he knows how to limit it. So we're not sitting there saying a wise man is a man that's loose with his love, loose with his patience, loose with his kindness. He is in a rhythm with the Holy Spirit where he's able to give the proper duration of love, patience, and kindness, but and not be taken advantage of. Number four traits of a wise man, he thinks generationally. He develops a plan to take care. They de, he develops a plan to take care of his generations. A wise man. Sometimes um, I find myself sitting in the car. My wife will catch me in the days, and I'm really just thinking about um, what will my grandkids. What am I doing right now that would benefit my grandchildren? I have no kids of my own right now. I have no grandkids, but right now I'm thinking about them because I don't want them to be without. I'm not going to make it easy or, or, or release struggle from them, but I'm going to make it to where they don't have to have to deal with unnecessary circumstances. See, generational wealth is just not leaving kids money. It's leaving kids a mindset. Generational, leaving a generational inheritance for your children. Children, not just leaving money for them. It's also leaving them with the mindset that's able to manage that money. So a wise man is able to think generationally, knowing that I'm not just going to leave my kids money. I'm going to leave my kids a mindset that's able to manage anything. Traits of a wise man, number five, he is held accountable and humbly takes instruction. In other words, he welcomes accountability and instruction. A wise man doesn't mind being held accountable because he wants to do the right thing. A man left to himself, a man left to a circle at the level of himself will never level up. And what I mean by that, if you all, if you surrounded by a bunch of yes people, people who fear you more than you should be, or people who just don't have no account but themselves, you're not going to level up. You can level up in money. You can level up, make a lot of money, but you, you your money is threatened by your lack of character. A wise man don't mind being held accountable and humbly welcomes instruction because their heart is to endeavor to please God and to ensure that, that he's walking down the right path. Traits of a wise man, he is held accountable and humbly takes instruction because he knows he's always looking to grow in greater character and greater likeness in God. Number six, traits of a wise man, he observes more than he opens his mouth. He observes more than he opens his mouth. He practices entering rooms quietly and observing them. A wise man is quiet when he enters a room. If you hear a man before you see a man, that man is not a man. You want to, you, a man who, uh, now that's one thing that's different between being the center of a room because you, you just got that aura versus making yourself the center of the room. See, a wise man says, I observe before I open my mouth because I do so to see how I can better serve the room. A wise man says, I got to make sure I know what's in here physically and spiritually. So every room I go to, I take, I take a few. Now, if I already know the room, cool. If I just know it's my family, I don't got to be all quiet. That's family. But if I walk into a room with people, whether I know them or not know them, I'm quiet. I observe the room because I need to know all my exes. I got to know what's in here. I got to know if I got to be sensitive enough to discern, do I, should I be here right now? And so a wise man observes every room he enters before he speaks into that room because he knows his words are valuable. And secondly, he knows there's more in the room than just the people there. Number seven, traits of a wise man. He admits when he is wrong and learns from his mistakes. What can you learn from your mistakes? That's what a wise man do. 
A wise man is not afraid to admit he's wrong. My niece, who's eight years old, <clears throat> eight or nine years old, um, um, we was playing gestures. And, and one of the gestures I did towards her wasn't right. I was, you know, not being competitive, but she kind of, you know, whatever, whatever happened, had attitude and I didn't respond properly. She didn't even notice it, but I thought I made a face towards her. An hour or two passed by. I don't, I didn't care that she was eight years old. She'll get over it. I went to her and said, you know what? I apologize for my gesture towards you during gestures. I apologize if I made you feel any kind of way. I don't know if you recognize my facial expression. I just want to make sure I apologize. She said, I don't know. I don't even know what you're talking about. But the smile on her face, because I got to teach her that a man, a man that marries you should be a man that is able to admit his wrongs and let you know. And that's what wise men do. It don't matter what the age is. If you know you did something wrong, you go to that person, you humble yourself. And you show honor to that person. Number eight, traits of a wise man, he can handle rejection and failure. A wise man understands life is not about wins and losses. Life's about wins and lessons. So a wise man can handle rejection and failure. How could rejection be your protection and your protection? That's a question for you. A wise man is able to handle rejection and failure because he knows rejection means, well, that's protection. Failure means I have another way to learn how to do this better. A wise man is not afraid to fail because in order to prevail, you got to fail because you learn so much in failure. Another trait of a wise man, number nine, he is disciplined and self-controlled. My question here is what areas do you need to be more disciplined and how will you be disciplined in those areas? So he is a disciplined and self-controlled man. A wise man says, you know what? Any area that I lack discipline, I'm going to uh, implement disciplines. Any area that I lack self-control, I'm going to control it now. Holy Spirit, control this. Build me up in that category where I'm able to be more self-controlled. Because a man knows in order to properly roll, he has to be self-controlled. In order for his family to properly roll in the right direction, for him to roll in the right direction, he must be self-controlled. Another trait of a wise man, number 10, they know their priorities. Do you keep a list of your priorities with you in your mind? They know their priorities. They know who comes where and what comes where, and they do not compromise on that. Their job is never come for God, themselves, or their money. Selfish ambition, not even, it's not even priorities. No other woman comes before their wife. No other uh, child comes for their children. They, they, everything's because when you are in pace with God and you begin to engage the person of God, you will develop the right thought patterns and your priorities will, will fall into their proper place. If you want your priorities fall in their proper place, continue to fellowship with God and your heart will lead you to what you should do with your time, your resources, etc. and who gains access to it when. Last but not least, Traits of a wise man, they don't live beyond their means or squander their money. What level does God want you to live at and count the cost or count the cost of your cash? They don't live beyond their means or squander their money. Every dollar counts. Because every dollar can be used towards something uh, um, beneficial. A wise man don't squander his money, he counts the cost. He says, My money is valuable. I don't understand why all the men waste money on cars, waste money on clothes, like waste money on things that don't return any type of investment. Money should be invested into the kingdom of God. Money should be invested in God-given ideas. Money should be invested in the family and generational wealth development. Money should, there's nothing wrong with, uh, with having things, but don't make sure that your worth is not in the most, the most that you have to show for your wealth is in what you wear or what you drive. 
See, we can't, we, boys, boys love toys. Now, there's nothing wrong, hear me, nothing wrong with having a nice car and having nice clothes, but that can't be your, your source of, of, of expression of wealth. My future, my expression of wealth, no matter how much wealth I have, is going to be in my family. You know, if a man is wealthy by the, by the wealth of his family. You know if a man is wealthy by the smiles on his children's face on the in the gleam of his woman's eye. That's true wealth. The advancement that he issues in for the kingdom of God, that's true wealth. Every other wealth is, is icing on the cupcake. So you got to examine yourself. What is wealth to you? Because I'd rather <clears throat> be at this level of finances and be at this level of family than to be at this level of finance and this level of family. So you got to ask yourself, am I wise in those areas? Fellas, I hope these 11 traits was a blessing to you. Hope you got something out of it. I hope you really examine yourself and say, am I really a wise man? I hope you take some time to digest these scriptures that says in Proverbs 3, 7 through 8, uh, be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It's not necessarily big evil, but we also talk about the subtle evils because it will be, be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. That's what wisdom does for you, fellas. Proverbs 9, 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. If you want insight of who you are and outsight, you got you to gotta make sure that the Holy Spirit is your light and that you desire um, to gain knowledge about the Holy One. I love y'all, man. Fellas, you know I do. Hope this video was a blessing. Make sure you go download this worksheet. My life or activity for you is to utilize the worksheet below to process your level of wisdom. And what areas do you fear God? And what areas do you not fear God? And what areas do you walk in wisdom, etc., etc.? And I want you to process the rest of the questions with that. I love y'all. I'll see y'all soon. Next Monday, um, I'll see you guys again. But all my videos helps me. And so we're just talking about specifically these barely mentioned videos. I love you guys. And I know you guys are going to run these play well. I'll see y'all next time. Peace.